Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, March 2nd, 2020. What's going on? How are you? Um, this is today is my 28th anniversary of being a stand up comedian. Oh, young Billy Burr, way back in the day, came out with his big giant red fucking afro, got on stage at Nick's Comedy Stop at the Emerson College t- fucking. Comedy night, talent night, or whatever new talent night, I didn't win. As usual, I didn't win. I can't think of a better way to fucking celebrate my 28th anniversary, which really isn't a big one. It's 25 or 30, I would think would be a big one, uh, than to be with a, a, a longtime friend that hasn't been a guest on the show for a long time. The wonderful, the always, the always decked out with his latest pair of fucking Jordans, <laughs> Mr. Paul Verzi. <laughs> What's going on? What's up, man? Dude, those are some shiny ass fucking. Those are like tuxedo fucking shiny black. These, Which one? What number are those? Are those these the, are actually seventy twos. The, the nineteen ninety six Jordan Elevens and Michael Jordan's personal favorites to wear when he played. Because those of the support, these are these are actually his all time. If you ask Michael Jordan what his favorite is, those 96. I will do that next time I see yeah, him. Yeah, he's walking through an airport on his way to a private jet. Hey, Mike, <laughs> what do you like? The threes, or do you like the, the, the elevens? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, dude, how much did he crush it at Kobe's memorial? Crushed huh? it. It was great. Crushed it. Absolutely. The joke with the uh, the meme. He goes, I told my wife I'm not going to cry because now I'm going to have to see this meme for the next three or four years. Isn't that funny? That's crushed. Like, he, like, stand-up crushed. I know. I just think it's it's so funny that, like, that, you know, people who can't even fucking, you know, catch a Frisbee can actually annoy the greatest basketball player of all time. Because <laughs> you know that was bugging the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. Like, who the fuck are these assholes? Do they ever even have to fucking hit a foul shot <laughs> In a rec league? You're giving me shit? Everybody cries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? I, I, but that was a... Uh, well, happy anniversary, 28 years of doing stand-up. I didn't... When I first met you in 05, you were... That was... Wow, dude. That was 13, 11, 13 that was like years in. I was 13 years in. Oh, that wasn't 11 years ago, Paul. Paul, that was 15 years ago. It'll be 15 years in November. So it's been four... I've known you for 14 years. I've known wow. you for 14 years, and you've probably had probably... 14,000 different pairs of fucking Jordans. Yeah. You know, I went to the comedy. <laughs> They're always brand new. What? No, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like to wear them a lot, you know? I don't like to wear them a Special lot. Special occasions. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> it's like you're breaking out your fine china. Dude, one of these days, I'm going to have you and Giannis... Who else is a big sneakerhead on here? And I just want to fucking... Yeah. I want you guys to make fun of me, my dad fucking jeans and shit. Do you know the theory I have? You always have. You're one of those guys where it's like you look like you just wear casual, and then you show up and surprise with just like, like last night you had, I saw you last night, you had those Jordan 1 gray and blacks that go with anything. But you know what that was? That's Pete Davidson got me those when I did his movie last summer. That's the only reason why I No, but I remember one time we were working together um, when I opened for you a long time ago. (laughs) I know, before you became a fucking headliner in Uh, your own right, uh, selling out clubs. Oh, well, we're trying. Um, Thanks, but no. By the way, where are you going to be? Oh, dude. Uh, Let's this, plug the dates, because I, I got a big date I got to plug, too. Go ahead. All right, so... What do you got, uh, Paul? This weekend coming up, guys, I'm going to be at Levity Live, uh, March 5th through Great the 8th. Great club. Great club. 
great club. It's it's it is in a mall, and it's one of those where you go, uh, and then you walk in, and it's like jacked up and beautiful, and everybody does great it. Food. Come out, great food, great club. Uh, come out. I'm also gonna be fifth my, through the eighth. My fifth through the eighth. That's why Marsh. you're becoming a monster, dude. You're getting all those reps in. Getting up. Thank you. And um and I'm guess where I'm gonna be June 27th. My first theater date, guys. The Wilbur Theater in Boston. The fuck, Paul? The Wilbur Theater You're in all Boston. Grown up. Where I actually went. I, I couldn't be with you on your whole run there, but we did a bunch there. I was also with Sal Vacano from Impractical Jokers there, and I told people I'm going to be out June 17th. But if you're in the Boston area, come out. One show, Saturday, June 27th, and I'll, I'm going to be in um, Baltimore, Salt Lake City, and Cincinnati, all on paulverzi.com. But this weekend, March 5th through the 8th, get tickets, June 27th, Wilbur, and for all the other other dates, like I said, I have um, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and uh, Salt Lake City, all on paulverzi.com. I, go. I haven't been to I haven't been to Utah my career. I haven't been there forever. Yeah, it's fun, man. Those people are fun. It's great. They, it's one of those cities, you know. You know, it's one of those states. It's just an easy one to make fun of because everybody thinks, "Oh, he's always religious, fucking." Duh. See, I'm not doing you know? that. And yeah, then, yeah. Why would you do that? That's like going to Houston and making fun of the fact everybody's fat out there, which is something I do every time. I just can't let it go. The fact that they won back to back years, like how difficult. That's a dynasty <laughs> with fat people because usually the people that put you over the yeah. top are dead a year later. So it's like losing them to free agency, except they die. Yeah. <laughs> People in the South know how to eat, though, dude. Like, I went down there. Do they? They, they do. I mean, they pay a price. You know what they are? They're like old wrestlers and old football players where they love the game, and now their body's paying for it. You know, instead, yeah. of, instead of like CTE <laughs> yeah. and shit, yeah. they got like fucking yeah. clogged arteries. Oh, dude, yeah. Their knees just, are blown out from weight. They're just limping around. They're just fat. In Houston, oh, yeah. they were just, they had these nachos, and it was just like, like, that's nachos, man. And I was like. That's how you make nachos. <laughs> no, but it was on a platter, dude. Like, it wasn't like, you know, New York nachos. Yeah, the fucking pig in the middle of it with an apple in its mouth. <laughs> you just, yeah. you just. The chips down here, we, we let them sit out in the sun for an extra day so they're strong enough to get that swine meat off the middle. <laughs> but you know what? They own it. Like, you could huh? be like, you guys eat like animals down here, and they'd be like, that's right. Start clapping. Yep. They don't care. They don't give a they fuck. They don't care. That's why they drive trucks. Wisconsin people are animals, they and they're the best. They drive trucks, Paul, so they can get in the fucking vehicle. Their workout is stepping up into it. But once they came out with that thing where they had, like, you know, that electric step that you open the door and it just kind of comes yes. down? Yeah. yeah, that was for people down south. <laughs> <laughs> you just see that truck. That, that you know, pickup the wheels thing, are right? still on the ground, but you see the whole truck moves. The rest of the truck moves as the guy goes to get in. Dude, speaking of that, me and Bartnick, me, Joe Bartnick, our buddy, we were walking in Pasadena, and there was a giant, dude, I swear to God, there was a giant dog in the back of this RAV4, and it was, and it, they only had it like this, and it was going, ooh, ooh, and dude, the car What do you mean had just, it like this, so people at like, home, like, the window was down? I think they didn't want people to like make eye contact with it, and the windows were really tinted, but it was just a little bit, so the dog had air, but you can see the silhouette of the dog was gigantic, right. and it was going, ooh, ooh, and the whole seat. It looked like people were like fucking in the back. Dude, I, I never, dude, I never saw a truck sway from a dog barking. Just barking. And it was like, roof. And Joe, and Bartnick, you know, Bartnick's, Bartnick's big upper body. And I just started laughing. And Bartnick's like, dude, this yeah, thing made that. the truck go like this, back That's and amazing. forth, dude. It was awesome. When you described that, I was picturing that, you know, that vague picture of the Loch Ness monster. When you look, you're looking at, you're looking at, to see what the fuck is in there. <laughs> no, dude, like, 
there are some dogs in my neighborhood. I don't know what it's like out here. I mean, I'm sure it's the same, mm-hmm. but where I'm, I'm up in the country, like where there's like farms where you have to have your dog fenced in. Like your dog has to be fenced in the house. Or and a mountain uh, lion will get it. Mountain lions and packs of coyotes and shit. And um, dude, this there's like a couple of dogs that when you go by with my dog, I, we know to just take another. Coyotes route. are like B level like headliners. You know what I mean? B level <laughs> headliners like they're not quite wolves. <laughs> You know what it is? Coyotes get confident with more with more of them. Well, there's always when two the, of them. Well, wolves fight in packs too, but there's always fucking two of them. And they, but you know what? They don't really fuck with people. They're gonna be like super hungry to fuck with an adult, as far as I know. Like I've seen because I because I looked it up because we got we got a lot in this area, and I was just like, all right, you know, like you hear like late at night, you'll just yeah. hit, you'll hear some little dog. Yeah. And my wife's like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that? It's like, hey, you know, he either saw a coyote or he's getting eaten by no, one. No, they sound like they're screaming. But somebody told me, they go, when you see one, it's scared and wants nothing to do with you. So if you see two or three and they continue coming, it says, you know, get, get the kids inside. You yeah, know? I've never seen that. They usually, there's, there's like two. They're like, they're like, they're, uh, they're like scary chips. looking. They look like sick. They look like gray, sick shepherds. I know, but dude, they have a look. Wild animals all have that look. <laughs> I always joke. It's like a prostitute. You yeah. know, if a prostitute looks at you, that's, that's the real deal. She will fuck you. That's, there's no joke. With she's that throwing look. fastballs. Yeah, she's throwing nothing but fastballs. <laughs> <laughs> I go, dude, I don't know, dude. I think she's, I think she's into me. You're like, dude, she, there was no bag. We were at a football game. Oh, I know people don't even, people don't, oh, I have to tell this one story. We're, no, we're at a football game and we go we outside. We Ubered and, there. We, what? We Ubered. We Ubered to Patriots Tampa Bay. Versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was the last one I needed to go to. Last, yeah. And me, you, Bartnick, Burke, we're all out there and there was a blonde lady and she's going, guys, come here. By and, herself. By herself. And she goes, guys, come here. Can you help me? I lost my bag like somewhere my in the- My purse. My purse, like over here. And we're like, where? And she like pointed to this like little strip of grass and bushes. And I'm like really looking for it. <laughs> really looking for it. And then she like was like talking and I, I told- You could see she, before whatever she went through, she was gorgeous. <laughs> but she was looking road weary. Oh no, she looked weathered, dude. She was looking like, remember when Steve yeah. Grogan had like the, the fucking neck break? <laughs> Sewed into the top of his jersey. She was like in that yeah. part of her career oh, as a beautiful woman. And and she was like saying nice things and I to me and I and I said to these guys, I go, dude, she's she's this, this chick, I think she's into me. She's throwing fastballs. This chick's throwing nothing but fastballs over here. We're like, Paul, she's a hooker. <laughs> and you laughed your ass. Not that you were trying to do anything. You were standing with like five other guys, but you just is your ego's just like, oh. hey, I, I still got it. This chick thinks I'm beautiful. <laughs> Just throwing nothing but fastball. Paul, she's a fucking hooker. When you guys just looked at each other, laughed, and go, she's a hooker. And I go, no, she's not. How how funny is it? Like, I just totally got caught because I didn't realize. It was your ego. You wanted wanted (laughs) to still be good looking. I was just like, I think she's into that. so funny. Um, I've been there. We've all fucking been there where it was just like, you think, you know what happened today? Like, this is where my fucking ego is at. I went to a fucking farmer's market. And this woman, I had no idea who she was. She goes, hey. And I immediately thought she recognized me from TV, and she was talking to somebody behind me. And I almost said hello to her. <laughs> like, hey, I know. I know. I'm the guy who does the shit jokes. Oh, that's so I'm funny. I'm just like you. I come down here to get my celery. And she wasn't even talking to me. It's just that's... one of the, And it all went on in my head. My, I, I forgot to tell Nia, because Nia would have laughed her ass off. Dude, that is so funny, because like, for the first time ever, ever, this year, somebody's like in front of my wife. 
And it took a long time. One time my wife wasn't there. Two people came up to me at the same place. Dude, are you Paul Verzik? Dude, I'm a huge fan. I saw you in this place. And I'm like, where's my wife, right? So one time me and Stacy are sitting there. Guy interrupts us with her friends there. And he goes, dude, dude, I saw you in Connecticut too. And like everybody, and I like, I had that moment. So then like a month after that, I walked into a place and two people just looked at me and I, in my mind, I'm like, they recognize me. It's like, nobody recognizes you. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, you have 17,000 <laughs> followers on Twitter. <laughs> nobody recognize you have nobody on Twitter. You have nobody. Um, no, dude, I got to tell, I got to tell, I got to tell your listeners this story. Because this is one of my favorite, this is, might be actually one of my favorite moments with you, and then comedy interrupted it. So here's, what, here's the story. I don't know if, you're, if you've ever mentioned it. So uh, I had the pleasure, the first picture, pr- first major motion picture I was a part of. Is this the guy we thought? No, no, no. You don't know this. Oh. First major motion picture I'm a part of is a Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson thing with you. And unbeknownst to me, me and you were on it you know, together, which was a very nice thing, right? The first time I take part in something and I go there the first day and it was when you guys were doing the camera stuff and I had to do all these pictures for the movie and I see you standing there and and you got got your look and I got my look and I got my mustache and we're taking pictures and everyone's there and uh, you were like, I'm going to be done at five o'clock. I go, I think I'm going to be done around 5.30. You go, I'll wait for you. So you waited for me to take pictures and you just go... I go, dude, you want to go? This, this is like a great day. Let's go get some Italian food, right? So, oh, fuck. So, so, so you go, yeah. You go, you know what? I'm hungry too. So I go, you know what? I go, you know what? I go, I no, but the, so I go, I'm hungry too. I go, you know what? I could go for a nice glass of red. I could go for a nice glass of red and let's get something. You go, let's do it. And we're walking and we go and we sit in this nice Italian restaurant, Bill's across from me. Big deal for me just because I'm being a part of something. I've done sketches and funny or die shit. Never never got an opportunity to take part in something like this. And we're sitting there and you said something. You go, dude, I can't believe like you're on this thing and you're a part of this thing. That's so awesome. And we're having this meal. So I get veal and penne. I forgot what you had. You had, I had the chicken palm. You had the chicken palm. With a side of pasta with, with a, some with spaghetti sauce. With side of pasta. Marinara. Spaghetti. Marinara, I would marinara. say. Marinara. And I have my wine, and we're just talking, and we were dressed up a little bit, and Bill's going, dude, I can't believe we're on that together. That's so cool, man. It's just such a great... And we're having this moment, and it's like you being like a kind of a... You've been like a mentor to me, all this stuff. And as we're talking, Bill's hand slips off of his silverware he literally punched a plate of red marinara sauce not only it splatters on my face on my polo shirt but the miracle was like the law of physics were defied because it was on the wall behind you and your face dude it looked like we both got shot in the back somebody next right next to us got their fucking brains blown out what happened was i was cutting the chicken and it just it got i was pushing down too hard and it hit the plate and and the knife just slid and the way my hand was I just, I like literally punched this cutlet with such force. Like it was like blood splatter. It was almost like somebody slipping down the stairs, but you did it with your hand and you punched a bolt. Dude, it was, it was behind you on my face. It was shocking. Like neither one of us said anything for like a second and a half. I never said. And then I was just like, oh my Oh, I got embarrassed. Did you blo- like, I never saw you. Like, you were borderline blushing, and then the waiter kind of looked over. I didn't say anything. Then we started laughing. You're like, dude, I'm so sorry. You got a polo shirt No, I on. said, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, you were in shock. You had this getting- gorgeous Paul Verzi <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> no, it was like some... You it go, was, no, it was white. It was, it was something it was like... It was angelic something white. Yeah. 
You know you Italians. You don't just go white. You just go like Jesus but is showing up white. For and- the love of God, I don't know how the fuck splatter got behind your head. <laughs> it was still to this day I remember seeing it. It was behind your ear on my head. No, it outlined my head. <laughs> my face stopped the other shit. And the waiter came over and he was cool, but even he was kind of like, what happened here? Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite things ever because yeah. we were just having a moment and then you just punched sauce. I actually was upset that there wasn't more people there that we knew to see that. Oh, they would have, I mean, I would, I, first of all, I never would have heard the end. You know, what I thought you were going to talk about is that time, you know, we try and have a moment. We would, I know I told this story before. We were standing outside that fucking hotel. We did some gig up in Maine. Wolverine. Oh, you just blew it, dude. Because oh. he came out and we thought he was he thought he was dressed as Elvis, but he was fat and it turned out he was dressed as Wolverine. Like I thought he was an Elvis impersonator. Well, we were smoking cigars and then you go, he looks awesome. That guy looks cool. Yeah, and I thought I thought he looked like fucking I thought he was an Elvis impersonator. He came out and turned out <laughs> I looked him closer. I said, Oh fuck, he's supposed to be Wolverine. Yeah. But he looked like Elvis when he was all fucking on pills. So we were standing there and he was smoking a stick and he was cool as shit. And we were in the middle of telling a story and he just he's telling a story. And just fucking ripped, he farted like he farted, like he knew, like like we were his kids, and we were in his house. I've and never you. broke the story. <laughs> he was just telling, hey, fucking blah blah blah, and then yeah. he he did. It. He, I tried to impersonate. It was like, <laughs> it's just like a fucking. It was a windy, wet, fucking like what the fuck? I've and known he you just f- kept going, Ugh. and I fucking left you because I turned, you turned around. I turned around and left you with him, dude. You turned around like a fifth grader who, who like a fifth grader fucking around in the back of class, and you just started laughing. I've known you 14 years. I've never farted in front of you like that. This guy who's been outside, this guy just ripped ass and then just kept talking. And Bill, you turned around and walked away. And we went from this guy being cool to get him the fuck out of here. Do you remember? We're like, what? Get this guy you the did, fuck out. You did, because I didn't. Because I, I couldn't regain my composure. It was like one of those things. It was, you know, when you, when you want to laugh as hard as you ever laugh, but you can't, mm-hmm. makes you go into like almost like hyperventilating. That's what was yeah. happening. And I was, for some reason, uh, I don't know why I was so concerned. He didn't give a fuck. I should have just laughed and face like, dude, did you just fucking, what was I worried? What was he going to do? Throw he, an Elvis karate kick? How was he that comfortable doing that with two strangers? He, well, I, I mean, it wasn't I, like, a, like a slipped one. He was one of those guys <laughs> where it's like, hey, there's no ladies here and we're outside. <laughs> that, that's, it was a very old school, yeah. like, yeah, fuck it. Like, he just didn't give it. He was he, very comfortable with himself. Yeah, was he in a was he in like a wife beater? Was he in like a weird? Wasn't he in like a weird? Do you have like an open button down with like a wife beater? It underneath? was one of the like hairy. It was one of the the uh, the Wolverine outfits. It was like <laughs> he had he had the mutton chops. That's what fucked me up. When he came out, he had the, the chop, he, he had yeah. the pompadour and the fucking thing. And I was thinking, oh fuck, he's gonna gonna be like you know. He looked like a character. Maybe I never loved you. I think he started singing some Elvis shit and and yeah. Yeah, he did look like a character. Speaking of characters, congratulations on being in last season's Mandalorian. My wife was like, so she doesn't like Star Wars, and she saw it, and you were like, that was oh, a yeah. badass thing. It's funny because you don't seem like you know. You don't see like you in that would be like, like me and Harry. Would be Potter. like a Star Wars fan on ESPN. <laughs> be like me and Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. There's no Italian wizards. I have no. That's, no, that's dope though, man. That's dope to be a part of that. Was it fun? Yeah, it is. I've I've always I was kind of telling somebody the other day like when I go onto a shoot, I have to get. It takes me a minute to get into that mindset, just because as a comedian you have such freedom. I can yeah. do whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. I go on stage, I say whatever I want. 
it works or it doesn't, I plow ahead and don't have to do it again. And then you get into that thing and they're like, okay, your call time is this, right. your lunch is here, we need you here for this and stuff. So like the first three days, I'm like a fucking cat on a leash. Like just, fr- like I, I can't fucking handle it. Yeah. Like, and, then, and then it's like you say something, then the script person comes over. It's actually like paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. Yeah. You said Mr. Herman, paging Herman. I'm you just for half a second like, what, yeah. Who gives a fuck what I said? And I says, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing this. So it takes me like three days. I have my little meltdown, my little hissy fit of, of like, why does it take fucking 90 million hours to do this shit? And then after like three days, then I settle into it. And then I just have the time of my life. I, yeah. really, I really have a good time and really appreciate, you know, getting the gig and all that. But the first three days, I don't think I say anything when I'm on set. Yeah. It's just like I'm in, in between my ears going like, I could just be at the fucking movies right now and I could tonight go out and do a shit joke and I would be done and I would have enough money for my cornflakes in the morning, pay my mortgage, yada, yada, yada. But do you feel like it's something like where you, like let's just say like you get get booked in a Star Wars thing. You're Uh like, wow, this doesn't feel like something I would do. But then when you do it, you're like, holy shit, that was dope as shit. Like, do you like- No, everything I've done is, it takes three days. But so the first three days, that, okay, got and, it. And about three days in, you on average, you're gonna be about thirty six hours into doing it. Yeah. At that point, you know people on set. You're fucking around, and all I do is just bust balls <laughs> and just act like an idiot the, the entire time, or else I will go, or else I will fucking go insane. So when I'm on there, not in a bad way, I just fucking sit there. Part, I don't, you know, I think you, part you, of it's when, fear, though, too. I think. I think part of it is fear. I think I, that's your thing, and you're projecting it onto me. No, so let's talk about no. your fear of being on set, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Why do. does a comic have fear when it's just like, what, they're going to fire you, and then you can go, what, what, go back to what, not sitting in a fucking trailer waiting to be a police officer? No, I don't think fear like that. Or I a think, firefighter, whatever think, the fuck it is I'm doing on this one? I, I don't know if it's fear like that. I think it's, it's like just being out of your comfort zone and doing something that you really haven't done, especially if, like, let's say you were typecast. Oh, yeah, before. early on. Yeah, early before, on. Like, if you're typecast, or like, let's say you're always the cop or I don't a get, teacher. Uh, who gives a shit? I, I joke that I always play a cop or teacher, but I should. I'm not fucking Daniel Day Lewis, and I look like a cop and a fireman. So, like, what the fuck? It's like, and that's one of these fucking dickheads out here who sit there and bitch that they're typecast. It's yeah. like, you look like you drive an ice cream truck. Right. So, if you want to go against type, yeah. write something and put your own fucking money up against yeah. it. To sit there and think that some fucking guy with his house in the hills yeah. is going to roll the dice on your fat fucking ass yeah. or your weird looking thing on me, a bald redheaded guy. <laughs> yeah. That's not their job. Their job is not to take those kinds it's of like, risks. It's like, I'll go with Brad Pitt over you for that role yeah if you don't mind if you don't mind i like the life that i fucking earned because there is a big thing that uh, somebody came home i thought thought so oh it's my wife she just came home um there is this thing that people have uh, just a natural and i had it for a long time just now and i still do like people with like just a resentment to rich people that they automatically it's meant that they fucked people over and yeah. yada and, and I've found as I've gone up that you know so many people that I've met especially in this business are self-made men and women and they're really cool and fucking funny as hell dude I met this guy one time I did a private gig it's a fucking weird one because it was out here and uh, it was with that weird combination of super rich and super liberal. So you don't, you don't know up is down, black is white. You don't know where the fuck the room is. Yeah. It's like they're fucking bleeding heart as they're sitting there eating like endangered species in a cocktail glass or some shit, right? And um, I did that Michelle Obama bit. Oh, I love that bit. 
Yeah, I did it out in Malibu. I fucking love that bit. Yeah, and, and dude, that thing, oh my God, dude. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't throw me into the ocean when I <laughs> finished that one. And, uh, but the <laughs> fuck fucking, em. but the guy that I did, it's not fuck him. I hate when comics do it. Fuck yeah. No, I'm saying that. Fucking like, hate these comedy fucking nuts. Well, well, it's I'm, a private all, gig, dude. I didn't turn into Tony Soprano like that. I just said, fuck, what are they going to, what are you going to do? It's a good joke. Somebody doesn't know, like it. But it, it's know? a private gig. If I was at a but comedy, if I'm, if, no, if I'm at a comedy club, if I'm at a comedy club, it's fuck them. If I go to a private gig, at some point, read the room, stupid. Like doing a private gig is an art that I don't know how to do. Because I just go up and I do my shit and all I hear is the sound of silverware. But don't they know what they're getting when they book you? Like if it's like, mm. hey, 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 Bill, dude, just so you know, this is a little just what, you know. Oh, I got to tell you something, dude. There, there is a level of wealth out there yeah. that you don't even know who they are. They don't know who was you are. Was it Santa Monica, you said? Santa Barbara or something? No, it was in Malibu. Oh, okay. But the long story, and, and the, the uh, long story short, was the guy I was working for was yeah. a billionaire. He was a self-made man, and he was the coolest guy ever. And I said, hey, man, sorry about that. Because, you know, it was kind of an up and down <laughs> set. And he goes, nah. He goes, I love that. I think you said a lot. And he was looking at this guy. He said a lot of shit out there people need to hear. That's great. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this guy's fucking cool as shit. And he was, you know, want something to drink or whatever. I was like, hey, you know, I don't drink anymore. He goes, oh, that's cool. And he just sat there shooting the shit with me. Yeah. And, uh, and just like, I felt like I was in like a bar with the guy. And we were in this amazing fucking place in like Malibu or whatever. Yeah, not everybody who has a shitload of money stepped on someone's throat to get it. Yeah. You know? Not everybody's a hedge fund kid. Like sometimes people yeah. just worked hard and kind of had a good idea. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's the same way like not everybody who's fucking like broke yeah. is, is, is like, I don't know, whatever the stereotype is of that, that you're, you're fucking this, that, and the other. It's just, it, the whole thing is fucking stupid. But, but if you have money, if you're rich, it's okay. It's, it's considered punching. It's the same ignorance, but it's considered punching up for whatever reason. Don't, yeah, don't you notice that? Everybody is on one side so far. Like everybody's like, like, uh, like this coronavirus thing. Which I, I woke up today and I. Which, fig- by the way, is curable. I yeah, I figured it out this morning. Isn't it? I go, I go. Yes, it's curable. I love when you say I figured it out. No, no, no. But this. I morning- like my favorite thing is when you preface it with I thought about it. I figured it out. <laughs> no, no. Listen, no. I woke. Dude, up I figured t- it out, Bill. You know, I, I thought I just- about it. I figured it out. I just realized something. Like though. You're I remember Matt something Damon, though. and you just did the math problem, <laughs> <laughs> and you continued pushing your broom. I woke up today and I go, you know what? I go, it's funny how this shit happens during an election, and I'm not saying it's a political thing, but they're really the media keeps talking about this. So I looked up today. You know how many people are on, on the United States? Three hundred and twenty-eight over three hundred and twenty-eight million people live in the United States of America. You know how many cases are in the United States right now? Seventy-six cases of coronavirus. You know how many people died? One. And she was 89 years old. So they're basically like, this is like a really bad flu that is airborne. And if you get it, you need to be, if you're healthy and you get it, you could be treated for it. But I'm looking, the media is actually making people like panicked about it for. It was funny. This guy at the farmer's market, he had this fucking mask on. Like, I swear to God. <laughs> I went to the movie theater like the we, other night like to see all Uncut Gems wearing... and everybody had them on. I'm going like, I'm going like, what? <laughs> I'm like watching an Adam Sandler movie. Hey, you know something? God bless them. God bless them. God bless them for doing it. Because if they have it, you're not going to get it. I, I don't right. mind, I don't mind right. people being overprepared, but I just look at it like that shit is in China where you can't even fucking roll over in your bed without running into 36 people and they've been able to, to fucking contain it just to a yeah. couple thousand people. I think we'll be all right. I think so too. And I'm not saying it's not something to be concerned about. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you fucking run out yeah, of the room. Throw this microphone cover out. 
<laughs> no, I just, yeah, I was, I was like, it's this whole media thing where it's like, and, you know, and then it's funny because like somebody was like, oh, yeah, the stock market took a dip when they, the media kept talking about it. And it's like, stop scaring people. Like, well, I was I mean, literally talking to somebody. They go, hey, man, I just, let me, like, scroll through the phone. Like, I'm just checking this corona thing, dude. Hold on a second. And they were, like, reading it like something was going to, and I wanted to be like, dude, like, it's, it's weird. It always happens. Remember SARS? Yeah, I, I, and then, I had a person back east go, like, Hey man, just checking in on you out there in LA. Everybody back here, that's all they're talking about is LA and the coronavirus. And I was like, yeah, no one's really talking about it out here, dude. That's like every time there's yeah. a fire out here, dude, just checking out, make sure you're all right. Like every time there's a fire, it's supposed to be like right behind my house. Not saying it can't happen, but it's just like, you know. There's a riot in a mall. Bill, you guys good? Or Yeah. I don't call Kansas every yeah. time there's a fuck. Well, I don't know anybody out there. Every time there's a fucking tornado. Hey, man. It takes six hours to drive through the state. Hey, man, just making sure. Uh, yeah, it's like people are so fucking dumb, man. You know, it's like stop. Do people f- in Kansas have so much land? There could be a tornado on their property, and I don't. Unless they watch the news, I don't think they know what happened. <laughs> they just see their barn. That might be a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. They shoot their neighbor the next day. He took half my fucking cattle. <laughs> God damn it, Mark! Fence. There was a fucking tornado on the northeast corner of your property. You weren't paying attention. You fell asleep before the news. Um, anyway, you know what I? Uh, I don't know what I, I wanted to plug. Is do you? I'm doing this fucking show, man, with Dean Del Rey. Oh, that's fucking rad. Dude, we were talking. I, I love Dean. We were talking about that when we were up in your helicopter, and you. This is rad. Yeah, I love when he <laughs> says it. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the Dean expressions when you tell him are the a, best. A cool story, and there's a big part of the story or a twist. He'll go whoa. Or he's just there. I like when he would be like, I was, dude, the other night, I was riding on my motorcycle in the tent, and this fucking guy in an SUV, like for a half a second, swerved over, and I was just, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it was it, fucking woe, rad. Woe is always like, woe to me is like I almost fell out of my chair. Woe to Dean is I almost lost my leg on a motorcycle. Woe to Dean is my holy shit. Yeah. No, I think it's, no, I, but attributed to like something life-threatening. But anyways, uh, you know, I used to, he used to front a rock, rock band and he knows all of those fucking guys. And, yeah. Uh, so he does this show every couple of years. He does like a tribute to ACDC, right? And he'll sing a whole album. Like when he turned 50, he sang the whole highway. to. He did a whole fucking comedy show, all right? Had all these guys come on, had nice enough to have me on there. And then in the end, he goes, I'm going to sing the Highway to Hell album. And I think the crowd thought like, all right, this is going to be like a dad band or whatever. And dude, he just had these monsters. Crushed it. Yeah, he had uh, Tracy Guns from LA Guns. He had... Uh, Oh God, I'm fucking. I think he had Scott Ian on that one. Fuck from Anthrax. He had Rudy Sarzo from Ozzy Osbourne, White Snake, all the fucking monsters. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's this fucking band on stage just destroying, and the crowd is just like, dude, what? I what the fuck, right? So we're doing this. Uh, he's nice enough to ask me to be down on it. So it's been 40 years since Bon Scott the first. Uh, well, actually, technically, if you and ACDC had the second singer in ACDC, but the first famous guy, in, uh, lead singer in ACDC, he died in February 1980. So it's the 40th anniversary. So he's doing the whole live, if you want blood, you got it album. And dude, the guys that are coming down on this fucking thing, I don't, I don't want to spoil the surprises, but the fucking names is kind of like a who's who, especially of drummers yeah. that I loved. And guitar players and all of this and bass players and shit are coming down. It's gonna so it's me and him are gonna do the show. I don't know who else is doing stand up. We're gonna do like a legit fucking stand up show, and then in the end you're gonna get like this a live ACDC album, 
It's at the uh, the Avalon right across from uh, Capitol Records, March 10th here in L.A. Dude, people like flying in because they saw clips of the last one, and Dean fucking kills it. He's got a killer voice. And um, anyways, there's like 150 tickets left, I think, and it's going to be next uh, week from tomorrow, uh, March 10th. A Tuesday, and uh, it's one of my favorite things ever. So I'm going to sit in for a song or two. Oh, nice! Yeah, after like some absolute beats. I think Steve Gorman is coming in again. Um, Steve Gorman of Black Crow's Fame and uh, Steve Gorman Sports Podcast Radio Show. And I always loved his drumming in the Black Crow's dude. And I saw him playing live doing the ACDC shit. Like, first of all, he came out there, and and when he showed up for like sound check, yeah, Dean was just going. He was like, "Oh man," he goes, "This is going to be fun." And he just looked at him totally seriously. He goes, you see this out here? He go, and he was just pointing out to where the empty seats are. He goes, that's going to be fucking carnage tonight. Like he came out like fucking like game Who seven. Who said that? The drummer, Steve Gorman. He goes, wow. this, this is going to be fucking carnage. Like he didn't, he wasn't fucking around. He's like, no, we're doing this justice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's the attitude of people on this. It's going to be fucking. That's. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. That's awesome. Slash nervous because I'm playing one song. So what always happens is I'm, you know, once I get out there, I'm cool. But then after, once I do my bullshit, then I can enjoy the rest of the Being show. Being nervous is great. Being nervous is part of it, man. If you're not nervous, you're fucking up, I think. Yeah. You know. I would, I would say. So, hey, you know what? I could actually read some fucking advertising here. I totally didn't even listen to what you were saying because I was so busy. Like, Being nervous is okay or something like that. I'm just going like, yeah. I'm like looking at the clock here. <laughs> Listen, Bill, I don't like you anymore. Our friendship's over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, cool. I left. I just, I, <laughs> you heard steps. You just, <laughs> all right. I got to do the, uh, I got to do my, it's funny. I'm, I'm literally looking at the, the, the ad reads. I can't even do that before you start looking at your phone. This is how it is now. It's how it is nowadays. Oh, oh. hey, by the way, have you seen, uh, have you seen the, the E60 Drew Bledsoe? Yes. Oh, how great was that? Dude. I didn't understand how hard he got hit. And did you hear what happened in the ambulance? Yeah. When his brother's sitting there and his brother goes, he just, f- he faded out. We were like, we didn't know if he died because his lungs were, had a clot in his lungs, dude. They were- how about the fact that when he came back and they didn't give him his job and he didn't lose the job, he got hurt. So the job was his and Belichick goes, I'm sticking with Brady and tremendously embarrassing. And he has to fucking stand there and he could have been the biggest nightmare ever. And we wouldn't have won. He could have divided the team and we would not have fucking won the Super Bowl that year and gone on to, you know what, and he, that, yeah. he was just, took it like a champ and was like, I'm not going to be a jerk, but at, the end of, but at the end of the season, you know, he sat there, he smiled and waved, didn't go to the parade, I'm fucking out of here. And he took out, I remember, took out a full page ad, thanked everybody in Boston, and then went to Buffalo and, uh, dude, the end too, I love when he's, I, I don't want spoiler alert here, when they were saying, do you think Belichick made a mistake? He goes, absolutely. If he stucks with me, we, we would have won eight. It's just like, I love hearing him say that. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. And, and I then, love that he's just like drinking wine now, relaxing. He was a good, still in shape. He looked fucking he was a, great. Was a really, really good quarterback. Parcells loved him. Everybody who, pl- everybody who played with him loved him. Like he was a good dude, but it was crazy to hear. They were like, it was the loudest hit they like ever heard. Yeah. And What's they, the guy, Mo they Lewis? They played it in real time, dude. And it just looked like, he just went down like a, oh, dude, it was brutal. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was and just... It's unreal. And that, that clip, and then Brady comes out, it's just like. I How don't about know. Brady going? Yeah, he's not, unfortunately, he's not getting his job back. When Bledsoe's like telling his mom, like, oh, he's going to get a job now. It's so good. I'm glad he's getting. Yeah, he's like happy and for And Brady's him. going, like, he's, he's never, this is it. He's never come, He's never getting his job back. And he did. Yeah. Didn't that guy in the Cowboys do the same thing? He said he's, 
I don't know. That wasn't Bledsoe. That was Tony Romo. He's like, he's not getting his job back. Who's, who's, uh, who's the Cowboys quarterback? Now it's Dak. Dak, Dak yeah. Prescott. Isn't he the one who said that? By the way, you think Tommy T, you think Tommy Terrific's coming back or no? Dude, if I was him, I'd try to get, if he's good at broadcasting, I'd get into that game because Tony Romo just got a, one of the sickest contracts. Yeah, but Tony Romo's like, he got that contract because he's just ridiculous. He's amazing. Yeah, like. But that's great. Play the same game. Well, I'm half as good as him. Yeah. Give me fucking eight and a half. I, but eight Bra- and a half. Brady's, something's wrong with Brady. Like, Brady wants to keep playing. It's like, like, Brady wants to keep proving it. And it's like. He can't shut it off. He can't shut it off. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great until he's. Yeah, no, 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 I, you know, yeah. you don't want to see that guy getting scraped off the fucking field the way they did Brett Favre, you know? Um, yeah, but he's not Brett Favre, but he is a certain age. Yeah, I mean, he's forty three, man. He's forty three. Yeah, he you is. Know, 40, he is forty three. But it's like, I just got a feeling. I don't know, but like, they protect quarterbacks more than they used to. He also doesn't throw back over the middle against his body, which was a big Brett Favre thing. <laughs> gun to my head just no he would never you. throw gun to my head I love Brett Favre Brett Favre wouldn't get Brett quadruple covered he's like yeah I can get it in there and I don't know if I want to see this but gun to my head I would I think that Brady goes somewhere else for a year like, I think Brady's going to do what Montana did you or no you always say what Montana did Montana didn't do that didn't Montana go to the Kansas City Chiefs no they fucking forced him out and said we're going with Steve Young that's why he left Oh, oh, okay. See, no, not oh, okay. I've told you that like forty fucking times. Did you? Yeah, and then all those times when you go, when you were going like Brady's better. Yeah, but no, but Montana didn't better have- than fucking Montana when it took him four times to get fucking. I, I, four, I mean, four super. No, no, no. You were saying this when he had like fucking. No, I said it when he had three. three. No, first of all, when he had fucking three, you were still saying Peyton Manning was better. I said Peyton Manning was the best regular season quarter. I said no, no you no, didn't. No, no, no. I said no, you better. didn't. No, no, you said right. you, if you right. had to pick somebody. Yes. Two oh five oh six. When I first got to know, that's when I first got to yeah. know you. You told me that, and everybody on ESPN. I'm like, yeah, yeah. If you gotta pick a guy to fucking get it, the guy had three fucking yeah. rings and couldn't get arrested. I did say that. I did. I did in 07, I said Peyton was better. Then I flipped it, and I did say when Brady had three. This is how hard you flipped, though, Paul. You went from Peyton is better to Tom Brady, and in an 11-month period, <laughs> you went to Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, which in the end, you ended up being right on. But like, this is why... I did flip quick, but you, you, I felt like I did, I did get it right. Well, I, Paul, this is the thing. If you fucking shoot a zillion half-court shots, one's going to go in. But you're I not, do it in less than but, a zillion. But you're not deadly from that range. <laughs> I'm, I can, I can knock dude, down a you're one of these shot. guys, dude. You have a mountain of chips in every hand. You push them all in. And one of those times you're going to be like, dude, I won $10 million in that hand. But Joe Montana didn't have to go to Kansas City. Joe Montana could have left. I mean, Joe, what I'm saying is Joe Montana could have stopped playing at that time. Right? Could have finished a San Francisco 49er for his career. This is a different argument. No, but what I'm saying is... I hear what you're saying, but what I'm saying is Joe Montana I hope said, here, I'm going to go to another, I'm going to go put another jersey on. I'm going to go to another team after my legacy in San Francisco. And he actually ended no, up. He, but he was forced out. The Patriots are not forcing Tom Brady out. They're letting him see what is out there and then they're just going to match it and then just see, you know, what he does. Yeah, because he's been a good guy. Like, we always had him locked down. He's taken less money and everything. Let the guy do this. And here's the thing, too. If he does leave, you know, I, 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 no Patriot fan should have a fucking problem with it. No, but it's a tough thing to see as a Patriot fan. 
It would be a tough thing to see. Like if Eli went to the Jaguars or did something like that, I'm not comparing Eli Manning to Tom Brady by any stretch, but seeing that guy. Oh, he beat him twice. You know, so seeing, I think he's in the conversation. Seeing Jeter, seeing Jeter in a, you know, it's like we've talked about this before. There's been some bad ones. And, you know, seeing Jeter in another uniform, it's like you can't. That's why I love Eli. Yeah, but then you know something? Then years later, Mitchell and Ness makes the fucking Joe Namath Los Angeles Rams fucking jersey, and it's the shit. Or the Johnny Unitas Chargers right. jersey. And then it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to see, I guess, as a sports fan. I don't know. Well, you know, I think it's harder, like, in some sports, but not in, like, basketball. Mm. Let's talk basketball, Paul, and what they can do to fix the fucking NBA and get out of this era of the fucking super teams. Because if I see one more team loaded with free agents and listen to them afterwards, you know, we just need one more piece. It's like, how many good guys from other teams do you fucking need before you guys can fucking get on the same goddamn page yeah. and win something? Like, I... I it's at the it's end always the- like they have like three monster teams... Yeah. It's like every jock in your grade all piles on one team and then they play the math team every other fucking night and win by 40 fucking points. Dude, that thing you let, said. Let me, let, me, let, me do the, uh, let me do the fucking reads here. Oh, yeah. look who's here. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Me undies, me undies. You got a piling fucking team. Me undies, me undies. It's a nightmare. It's not a dream. <laughs> Watching you win by 45 over a team you used to fucking play. Sorry. Come on, man. KD going from fucking Oklahoma to, to the Warriors. I mean, what the fuck is well, that? that like they that had show. a 3-1 fucking lead. They, they didn't know how to win. And then the bitterness would set it. And then the next year you would get to see the war. Can they finally put the demons to bed? Now, it'd be like if Jordan just joined the fucking Pistons. Yeah. And Jordan stuck with it and ended up Magic joins then- the Celtics after they lo- the Lakers lose to fucking in 84. A bird joins the Lakers after they lose to the Lakers in 85. That'd be the dumbest thing ever. You want to know? Oh, go ahead. Do your, do your, I mean, you, it, you keep luring me in here, though. I'm not going to lie. I know. You're sitting here going, me undies. And then you're like, it'd be like if Durant. And I'm like, Paul, waiting to jump imagine in. Imagine your fifth grade self looking <laughs> into the future and learning that as an adult, you got a, a me undies membership. Um, they would laugh hysterically, but jokes on them because MeUndies is known for their super soft undies and their flexible, fun membership. If you choose to sign up, you'll get perks, perks like site-wide savings, free shipping, and new undies delivered to your door each month. Go forth, be an adult, and sign up for that MeUndies membership, even if your past self is laughing at you. You've probably heard MeUndies are the softest undies to ever grace your nethers. That's because they're made of micromodal. Modal? What the heck is that? The magical, sustainable, soft-as-heck fabric made from trees. Yes, trees. That makes your bits feel like they're floating on a cloud. They're designed to be the softest thing you ever put on your body and offered in a range of sizes from extra small to 4XL. Oh, that pickup truck's shaking again, Paul. Uh, different prints, colors, and styles. MeUndies doesn't like to just make undies. They also have loungewear, which has recently had a glow-up. Whatever that means. Check out their new line of style, Micromodal Model. Loungewear you can wear in and out of the house. They know they're on every pod. They know they're on every podcast, but that's just because they're looking for the true undie domination. They won't stop until uh, you all try them. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off free shipping. There is a, this is a no-brainer, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first pair free shipping and 100% satisfaction guaranteed go to meundies.com slash burr that's meundies.com slash burr all right sorry paul i suck at reading out loud uh two more 
policy genius. You know, if there's one thing humans aren't great at, it's predicting the future. Paul Verzi would disagree. Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> I would. Fuck that. I could do it. Oh, I'm joking. I know. Just take a look. I don't, even if you weren't joking, I, I, I know your track record. Uh, just take a look. You love a head case. Just take a look around. No, the amount of guys that you said, this guy's going to fucking blah, 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 that ended up blowing up a fucking locker room. We got to call, there's got to be a name for that. Uh, just take a look around. No amount of crystal balls, fortune cookies, or tea leaves could predict the world we're living in right now. But unpredictability is also what keeps life interesting. The trick is to enjoy the ride without worrying and what's, about what's around the corner. And one way to worry less is to protect the things you've worked so hard for, like your home, which means you need in home insurance, which means you should probably try Policy Genius. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius will compare your policy against other options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage at the best possible price. They save their customers an average of $690 per year doing just that. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do the work to get you switched. Own a car too? Policy Genius will compare your home and auto policies against different insurers and even mix and match to find your savings. You get it? Whatever you're trying to insure, these guys can figure out where to go for the best for the least. So if you haven't found out, if you haven't found a play-by-play breakdown, breakdown of your future inside a crystal ball or a cookie, that's okay. Protect the things you've worked hard for and get home insurance with policy genius in just a few minutes you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com policy genius we will always get the future wrong better get home insurance right uh, have you at what point did fucking fortune cookies stop being a fortune and it just started being advice yeah it's it's kind of used to be like hey you know you're gonna fucking they're delicious though no the glaze the sweet glaze on on a fortune cookie is pretty nice i don't know it's kind of like, I don't, I don't, it seems like it's something that's not edible that they put sugar on and then you eat it. it there is a fakeness to the feeling, but it still tastes good. It's like something that's your favorite that was, dessert, dude. Like someone was trying to make a pot I mean, or something. Can we talk food? Yeah, we can if I can read LegalZoom real quick. All right, LegalZoom. <laughs> it's still early in the year. Can we talk food? We've already talked sneakers we're, and sports. We talk sneakers. Wait, wait, we're running out of topics. <laughs> It's t- <laughs> uh, a couple of dopes, but we're doing well in life. Should give all of you guys hope. It's still early in the year, but if you run a small business, you know 2020 will fly by. That's why you should use LegalZoom right now to make sure you're set up for success. Over the past 19 years, LegalZoom has helped more than 2 million Americans start their businesses by in- incorporating uh, forming an LS, LLC and more. But even after your business, is, your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help you out with a lot more. Things like lease agreements, changing tax laws, and reviewing contracts all play a part in running your own business. These are precisely the kinds of costly hurdles that can take time away from your growing business. Don't let that happen. LegalZoom's network of independent attorneys and tax professionals can provide advice to address these things and more. And you'll never get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Go to LegalZoom.com today and enter the promo code BURR in the box at the checkout for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com. Code BURR, B-U-R-R, LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Paul, this print is so fucking small. Dude, and I got I to I tell you something. I, I, I refuse to get glasses. And I'm telling you. Yo, you read that like you were in the back of the class and you just had to read a paragraph out loud while being nervous. 
Dude, look how small this print is. Look at that print. No, that is, that is, you going to do the Bartnick squint? Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm a big believer in not getting glasses. Because uh, they just fucking ruin your eyes and then you need them. I agree with that because they gave me prescription just for driving. And then it made when I took them off, it like, I just like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, you have like a fucking headache. It, like, I, had, I had this adjusting thing. And I'm like, why would I just do it I for driving? I kind of feel like it's a scam. I kind of feel like LASIK eye surgery, like they know how to do it better than they're doing it. But they're like, if we just fix it, then they're not going to come back and, you know, have to fucking do it again. Isn't there something about that? Sh- I'm just waiting for them p- to perfect that. And I'll tell you what's fucking bullshit, Paul. As a fellow guy who's fucking bald here, the fact that they can put a laser on your eye and all of a sudden you can see all the way to Kentucky, yeah. but they can't figure out to get how to make your hair stop falling out of your fucking head There's, is, yeah. is bullshit. They, yeah. Yeah, they cured be, polio. How weird they would it be? They slowed down fucking AIDS. How fucking weird would it be, though, if we took a pill, we just puffed out all of our hair? Oh, it'd be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like, what hairstyle? Take, Dude, take, I, would have, I would have Andy Gibb hair. You take a pill Monday, and by Saturday, you just got a fucking mop. Uh, the excitement of coming back. Would be just, it would be ridiculous. I mean, actually, be honest, with, be honest with you, I love having a fuck. Once you shave your head, going yeah. bald sucks. Once you shave your head, you're fucking cool. I mean, I'm not saying I you're a cool miss, person, but you're fine. I just miss being in a barber chair where the guy actually had the brush and like you felt the comb and he cut it and you looked at a picture of a style and you just talked to him. I miss that. I actually don't. I miss the barbershop camaraderie, man. A cool barber? That I, that was, that, that, I, that I do miss. Yeah. I do, but you can go down and just hang out. All right, listen, I got one for you. Gun to your head. One's got to go. Okay. One's got to go the rest of your life. Okay. Sushi or pizza. You could never have another one again. Oh, there's no, this is a no-brainer, dude. What? Paul, there's like no fish left. Stop eating fish. Uh, I meant taste-wise. Forget, take that away. Uh, I meant sushi. Su- Let's pizza say there was a surplus of fish I could have forever. pizza like 15 days of the month. I could not eat sushi that much. And I got to yeah. be honest with you, Paul, there's, there's very few good sushi restaurants. There's a lot of people out there doing the sushi thing, just like pizza. Yeah. All right? But here's the thing. Dude, I just bad had a pizza, roll at an airport. Yeah, bad pizza I can handle. I can get through a bad pizza. Bad sushi is fucking sketchy. There's, yeah. there's people out there, they'll make fish taste like butter. It'll like melt in your mouth. And then there's the rest of them. There's the rest of them. When we were at Nobu for my birthday, it blew my mind. But I just had like a spicy tuna roll at JFK, and it was like, uh, you know. Well, Paul, who the fuck gets sushi at an airport? What it was like doing? a nice restaurant, though. Like, was it? I mean, no, but it wasn't awful. You know what I mean? I see that. There you go. It was, like, I'll go with that. That's what you're getting at an airport. It wasn't awful. Europe, that gets a little crazier at the airports. Southeast Asia, they, I've got to tell you something. Southeast Asia, Singapore, I was fucking there. They had these dumplings, dude, that it was just like, how the fuck is this at an airport? And I'll tell this story forever. This fucking dumpling-eating motherfucker. He went back like 19 dumpling. times. He ate most of them. The cunt. The fucking cunt. Like, I, this fucking guy. And I, and it was so fucking funny. <laughs> when you're in Southeast Asia, right, dude? It's like you're on another fucking planet. Yeah. It's their own airlines, their own pop stars. The whole thing's so fucking far away. Completely yeah. different race of people. There's barely any fucking white people that you see. And you're like, wow, man, this is what they feel like when they're fucking over here. It's just like you get this great experience. And you go over there, right? And yeah. it's just, but then what happens is after you're over there a couple of days, you just start seeing people you know. Like, I, there's some, like a, that, that fucking cunt okay. in the lounge that's, it's like, I get it. You're in the lounge, you're trying to get your money's worth, but you're being fucking rude. And I'm yeah. not going to say who the guy is. We, we know who the guy is, right? 
And I was just like, oh my God, this is fucking Southeast East Asia's fucking Eddie fucking whatever that I know fucking back from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't like that shit. I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that shit. Nothing, <laughs> nothing worse. Nothing Dude, worse. These dumplings, Paul. Yeah, but they're not doughy, are they? No, Paul. They, they can't they, be doughy. They, they were, yeah, the ones over here are doughy. Though, yeah, they're too doughy. They didn't, know like how to make, thin- they didn't know how to make them. And Southeast like, Asia said, get the fuck out of here and serve that to Americans. Dude, you're Southeast pointing right now. I love, how you're, I love how you're pointing and taking it that seriously. Paul, these fucking dumplings. You're a kid that takes food really seriously. Dude, these dumplings, Paul, these things, they, they, it was almost like they were hovering above the fucking plate. They were so light. And I was like, <laughs> of course they are. This is where they came from. <laughs> It's like going to Italy and being like, oh, this is what a tomato is supposed to taste like. This is how Italian, this is Italian food. Yeah. You go to fucking Southeast. I, 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 yeah. Dude, those fucking people throw, everywhere around the world they throw down. But like, it was so great after all these years of thinking I was having authentic this, authentic that, yeah. to fucking be there. And even at an airport, the fucking dumplings at the airport were better than any fucking bullshit I've had over here. Nobu and all yeah. of those. Fuck all of those. Like, go over there. I will put on your fucking mask. Yeah, I'm not. And go over there. Yeah, I got to deal with that at the airport going back home. Seeing that, what? I wanted to go up to the person. I wanted to like go up to the person in the mask. I would never do it and be like, "Are you really wor- that worried?" Paul, this you know how arrogant to- you have to be. No, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being worried. No, but it's almost arrogant to put a mask on. It's almost a little arrogant. That if there's 328 million Americans and 76 got them, and you think that you're that fucking important, that it's going to catch you wherever you go. Isn't there a little narcissism there? Isn't it a little fucking arrogant? Uh, I don't know if arrogance is a word. I would say maybe you're uh, beyond- Self-involved? Hypochondriac. Yeah. And then I saw somebody with like a jacked up mask. You're not good at airports, I, though. I, I, what? You're not good at airports, though. <laughs> I'm getting better now. I'm getting better in the- I'm like I'm getting better. No, you. you. <laughs> no, dude. Now they have like a jacked dude, up you, mask. You, you fucking, you like you. Uh, one of the few guys that I know that r- you have to see the pilot and feel okay about yeah. what the guy looks like. Yes, I do. That's true. Yeah. I like to look at the pilot. I like to look, look at the guy who's doing it. <laughs> I like to look at the guy who's doing it. And I can't even say half the shit that you fucking said. What you could say? No, I can't. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I can't. All right, all right. Yeah, I guess we're. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. This is uh, to put it basically. Paul wants a fucking James Bond. Yes. Vibe. I do. That's what you want. I do. I do. Okay. Man. I don't want a fucking doughy dude. I saw some. You fat- don't want that. No. You don't want a reboot of James Bond where James Bond is a woman. Dude, I saw a pilot for American Airlines just like crushing. I used to do a joke on, he used to get crushing a Big Mac with like fries and McDonald's. And his gut was just protruding over his thing. And, oh, he, just, yeah, and then he was just like walking to the plane. And I'm just going like, this guy, I know what this guy just put in his body. And now he's got 200 souls that he's taking across the country. I know. And you know what's fucking nuts about that is how hard it is with the turnarounds and all that for those guys to try to, wait, wait, what the fuck is he going to the gym? No, no, dude. This guy was no. Yeah, this guy was just hard. crushing it's, fast it's, it's food. Hard. And he's, you know, yeah. I told you I was online one time, and this pilot, this guy was going to Hawaii or something. It was funny. He was like a heavy set black dude, and he goes, uh, "I go, can I ask you something?" This one early when I was nervous flying. I go, can I ask you something, man? It's like, 
I was like, is it, like, is it okay? Like, weather, does weather matter? He goes, oh, today's actually a good day because, you know, it's a little hazy, planes, small planes won't go up. So it's, you know, it's, it's less, you know, and everything like that. He goes, you want to know how I learned, man? He goes, I learned on a video game, man, and like said it like that. He's like, yo, I learned on a video game, man. He's like, this is all computers, man. These things fly. And I was just like, oh, what? And he was like, yeah, but I just learned on it. And I was like. Yeah, the autopilot. It's like, it's, it's like. It says it's a computer that flies a plane, and then until it comes down, you know, it's just... Yeah, the takeoff, and then you probably take off, and then they tell you to turn whatever heading, and then you just put it on the autopilot. I mean, I don't... Obviously, I don't know how it works, but I mean, you can literally just set the altitude that you want to go to, and then, you know, you have... There's another button that just automatically pressurizes the cabin and all that, which during your pre-flight, you got to make sure that that fucking thing's on or... uh, all of a sudden, you're going to start talking to your co-pilot, and nothing's going to make sense. And you can make weird radio calls, and then you're going to pass out and eventually run out of gas. Did I tell you Mark Teixeira was on my airplane? You ever and see we that had, one? Mark Teixeira was on our, my airplane, uh-huh. and uh, I had an abort. I had a. It was the first like real, real aborted landing where we almost touched. I'm not mm-hmm. even joking. We were probably. I'm not even kidding. We were. Everyone was getting their shit together, and we probably like we were right there. I thought we were, I thought the wheels were going to touch, and all of a sudden it just went and went right back up. And nobody said shit, and everybody was going like this, and I was like, I was just like, I just saw my car, dude. Like I just like I was, right. we were there, and people were going, and one guy's going like this, and I told you the wind shear. So the guy came on, he told us, he goes, listen, he's like, there was some dangerous stuff. He goes, we got a like a rough wind shear. He's like, we're gonna come around, we'll be down. And then when he finally hit the second time, everybody just like went forward, and somebody's people's heads were hitting, and um, he just had to do it. And it's like you were saying, I think you said, and other people like, no, that guy probably saved our lives. Yeah, because people end up, I love when people bitch about a hard landing like the guy sucks or the woman sucks who's flying the plane. A lot of people will talk about yeah. wind shear and they don't even know what it is. It just means you, you're, you're going, you, you always land, take off and land into the wind, okay? And what happens, shears, is it goes from like a headwind to a, uh, to a tailwind. So now the way the wing is designed, the way the wind is flowing over it, you know, you're not going to get that low pressure, high pressure going to low pressure lift unless you fly faster. So then when you start to fly faster, you're landing faster than you normally do, which means you could possibly run out of runway. Oh, okay. And, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of fucking aerodynamics. And then as far as, I mean, I obviously don't fly fixed wings, so I don't understand a lot of that shit. Yeah. But um, I know with like helicopters, with us, if there's wind shear, it, you know, it, won't, it, it will spin us around like a fucking weather vane. Um, Jesus. Or you could have like loss of tail rotor effect, all of that type of shit. But like, where's aviation going to go, man? In like 15, 25 years, something like that. It's going to get even safer. It's just getting, it's it's getting, it's going to be safer and probably faster, you know? Uh, Whatever happened to that Concorde? Remember that Concorde plane? That plane went from like New York to London in two and a half hours. It's such a tragedy. And then there was like one two accidents. One was, fluke fucking thing happened. That a thing, fucking tire came off. Uh, when it was taken off and it somehow went up a into building, the building, right? It went, yeah, it went up into the engine. They lost an engine. It caught on fire and then yeah, they fucking smashed it into a fucking hotel. Yeah. And yeah. then what happens is like, I don't see that one's a fucked up one because that was actually not human error. Like pilot error is a thing that like, you know. That's a mechanical failure. Yeah, that's yeah. the scary one because for me, at mechan- pilot error is not nearly as scary to me as... Like, say, like, you know, the Kobe thing happens. Everybody's just like, helicopters are fucking dangerous. It'd be like, if, if yeah. the guy was just flying and the main rotor fucking just came off. Right. And then a few days later, on a completely different model, 
the same thing happened, right. then it's time. I to would be, be like, like, "What the fuck? I'm not flying." Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. But if somebody, you if know, somebody's like, "That guy shouldn't have been up there," and he made a bad decision, rest his soul. Yeah, somebody in like a, a fucking yeah, a little Cessna decides to fly into like I saw when this guy flew, and whatever he had, he was looking at an old, uh, whatever his his. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I don't fly in, in weather like that, but whatever he was looking at was was not an updated uh, map of what of, of the weather system that was going on. So he had something from an hour ago. Yeah. And so he was flying by that, and the guys on there going, "You're flying right into this fucking thing." And he was just in one of those little ass fucking Cessnas, and there was he flew into some shit that would throw a DC ten or a fucking seven forty seven around, and that was just it. it ripped his fucking wing off. Let's not talk about this, Paul. Yeah, let's um, talk about. Let's things. talk about. Let's talk about the Houston Astros and how is fucking. I don't give a shit about that stuff. I'm so glad they did that. Fuck them. Fuck every. Fuck anybody. You know, it's just like not fuck them. No, fuck everybody. No, the Yankees deserved that. They deserved it. You know who didn't deserve it though, man? Who? That fucking kid who came forward on the Dodgers and goes, "Yeah, I guess they're right what they say." Kershaw. Yeah, he goes, "I guess they're right to say I choke in the playoffs." And then they went back to the tape and they said every every breaking ball in the playoffs when the Astros were home against them, he they hit every every batter against Kershaw when he threw that breaking ball, which was one of the greatest breaking balls. Got a balls, hit. Got it. Got 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 contact. And they said it's never happened before. And I then know. they showed the numbers when they were playing the, yeah, at but Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck the Dodgers. They spent oh, no, they, they spent a ton of fucking money. The Yankees and the Red Sox, dude. How many fucking World Series did we win? The Yankees and the Red Sox combined with 180 to 200 million dollar teams with roided up free agents. Absolutely. I mean, get, like that wasn't cheating on some. That wasn't That's, an unfair fucking advantage. And as far as like also knowing what pitch is coming, uh, you know, I just look at it like the, you know the Astros never won one. They finally brought they finally brought a gun to a gunfight. People are cheating every fucking game, and this in the. And here's another thing too. And the NBA's fixed. Here's another. That's thing the too. funniest thing. You want to talk about cheating? I, I the NBA's would say fixed. Fi- it's finessed. In that they dude, the do everything filthy, that they dude. can to have the two monster teams be there in the Absolutely. finals. No, not calling the You're, foul yes, on the big guy. Yes, but that manip, dude. That manip, and and no, absolutely. Did uh, you hear what Kevin Garnett said on, on Bill Simmons when the Celtics got that game seven? That's crazy. He that goes, he said that. we were not. Part of the NBA's agenda is the closest thing you'll Just ever hear a player absolute, go like this shit was fixed. Yeah, absolutely. No, come on, Jordan got calls. I think I think there is LeBron's gonna get calls too, you know, in a big moment. They want they want do they want Lakers Celtics. They want they want that. Or but the thing but what they did though was they rebranded Lakers Celtics with they learned that it worked when the Heat was a monster team. They learned that when the Golden State Warriors were a monster team. Yeah. Where it was just like people peeked in to because they wanted to see the, the you know, David versus Goliath. Well, dude, when they, when they, after that Donaghy thing, when they said like they had meetings going, if Rasheed Wallace and Allen Iverson opened their mouth once, tee them up, even if it's not worthy of if another player did. It was just like they had these like rules. And then, dude, when you watch that Kings-Lakers and but I, that's the kind of thing, though, with that individual shit, though, that's like one of those things where, like, it's kind of an earned reputation by the player. Yeah, that, that, happens, I get. that happens I, in baseball. If you're going to be like a cunt and show up the ump, you're not going to get that call in the corner. You're just not. 
Yeah, if they don't like you. But that Kings series, when they're just looking confused and you're like, this game is completely fucking manipulated. Right. You know? You just got to be, yeah, you just got to be, like now these guys, you got to be like undeniably good. Just like comedy, you told me that. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, like, you know what's funny? And I wanted to to get your take on this too, because, but I don't know. Remember, I call you, remember, I remember calling you up like years ago and Mm -hmm. being like, and being like, uh, yeah, dude, Montreal said no. And then the next year I was like, yeah, dude, I had a good, and they said no. And you go, Paul, you go, you have to get undeniable. A guy like you has to get undeniable to get into that festival. And yeah. then the next year I got in and I, because I just had undeniable things. And I feel like everybody in comedy, I don't know how many comedians listen to this and shit, but this is something Not I many. wanted to say. I'm sure they do. <laughs> but like, every, I hear everybody going like, you got to get on that podcast. And you got to go and do this. It has changed. And you got to go and do that and like get on this. And it's just like nobody seems like it just feels like I think just getting good at what you do will eventually. There's two ways that I see that roads that people take. There is the I'm going to be in the mix guy. And whatever's the hot thing, I got I got to be in. And I that. don't I agree with that. that. I don't agree with that. I think. I that, mean, I agree with that. That's people do that, but I don't agree with that avenue. That works for some people, right? What worked for me was to let go of all of it. I mean, I still went for it and shit, but I just was not the guy they were going to pick. Yeah. So um, the shit that I was doing, the way that I looked was like, the business was not looking for it. Like, you know, they're looking for good looking people. Yeah. And, then, and then now they're looking for uh, people that will make them not look sexist and racist and homophobic. The exact same white people that were not giving those people opportunities. They're now going out of their fucking way. And yeah. what's, what I love about it is they're still not doing the work. The same way like when they were picking white guys, they would always pick the wrong fucking white guy. Wouldn't yeah. get the legit dude. They just poke their head in. All right, let's just take this guy. He's got a nice square fucking head. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing. So, yeah. Which is what gives all things comedy. Not the, not the fucking pep. My own company, you know, partial company uh, on its back, but like we well, a actually, little to Pat, but I'm kidding. yeah, I mean, I got I got to talk a little shit. About <laughs> yeah, we try you to fucking we try to pick just the fucking. If you just try to pick the best people, you're going to accidentally be progressive. But yes, but look, I you know I was coming up. I was told. I mean, dude, there were times I was down, and and I think you going through the path that you went through, and then me having a guy like you go like, dude, you just gotta, you just they're not just going to pick you. And, and I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, okay. And you got to go harder. It's better. But like, no, do what you love. I love doing stand up and getting better at stand up every right. time, right? Every right. time I just like getting better. Like, I didn't get in. People are like, oh, dude, podcast. It's like, I didn't get in this business to be a fucking radio host. Right. Like, I didn't, like some guy, I didn't. I didn't, get, I got in the business to like, I'll jump. I have my podcast, Diversity Effect, and it's fun. But I did it just to shoot the shit, have my fans listen to it if they want to. Me and you can shoot the shit. I go on my friends, but listening to people going, you got to get out, you got to get on this podcast, you get on that, get on that podcast. And I'm like, what do you love? I love stand up. I love, do- you know what I love? I love doing a bit and having one of my peers go, dude, that's a fucking killer bit, dude. That's a top, one of your top jokes. And then fucking working on that. And I feel like if you do that, Chris Rock said something dope where he just goes, he goes, I got, he goes, I got great when I stopped trying to be famous. He goes, I just fucking did. Like, I just stopped trying to be famous because he's like, all I wanted to do was try to get something famous. Well, I, that is, that's where you also tap into your own power. It's like when you're chasing it, then it's just like you're gonna start. Oh, they like blue shirts. I'm gonna wear blue shirts. Oh, yeah. they, 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 oh like, this is the this is the hairstyle. This is the fucking topics. Yeah. And I saw like all of the you know I saw you know I saw these fucking guys run into those alt rooms. Yeah. 
after the club comics who started those rooms kind of moved on to the, the next level of their careers. Right. There was all these people that just ran to those fucking rooms because they were hot. And then those same fucking people, when those rooms got cold, ran away and ran back to the... It's just such a... It's, it's, that's so fucking hard. It's such a harder way, I think, to try and get there than to just be like, you know what? I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get. And I'm just going to say what the fuck I want to say. And if this doesn't get me all the way to where I wanted to be, I, I, I won't like have regrets because there's nothing worse than going down swinging with somebody else's idea what you should have said. Right. That's, exactly. That's like worse. if I go down, if I go down, it's going to be going down with my plan, my avenue yeah. under my fucking terms. And for me right now, like that's been awesome and it's been Which working. for young comics listening, that does not mean self-sabotage. No. Because there's a bunch of people that I came up with and I still see to this day where they're just sabotaging themselves and then they do this fucking business so they can't handle a guy like but, me. But they they the, can't handle a guy like the, me yeah. telling the fucking... It's like, dude, have you seen what's on the internet? <laughs> Anybody, you're just telling jokes. a guy like me People, is really fucking yeah. funny. It's taking yourself so ridiculously seriously. Yeah, but the self-sabotage is always going to be there. What about these comics that are fucking brilliant and, and, and I've seen it a million times and obviously I'm not going to mention names, but I've seen comics that are fucking brilliant and just fucking drink themselves out of the business. They just drink themselves. They're either at the party getting hammered, slurring words, and then, you know, they're not getting up uh, writing because they're all hung over. And I'm like, dude, that was me. Like when I first came up i hit the scene doing shots and everything i'm like oh this this has to slow down you know like this is like you know you gotta fucking i think it's a certain type of person though i think that like um rest his soul i think that the kobe bryant's i think that the tom brady's i think the Derek jeter's i think the michael jordan's i think there are certain people okay and uh you know in comedy and i'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable but i think you're one of those people um i think i'm one of those people that i don't accept i always constantly want to you know like paul i'll be forever chasing the perfect shit joke (laughs) yeah but you're one of those people you're just a you're like a relentless lunatic it with what you do right you're a relentless you're a relentless fucking animal and i feel like I feel like like guys like that just want to keep, you know, dude, look at Tom Brady grab his fucking lineman's face mask and fucking crack it. The guy's got six rings and he's like, let's go looking at the crowd. Let's go. That's not a normal. That's why he is who he is. Dude, When Kobe Bryant was tearing, congratulating the Celtics and he was fucking holding it in and like literally weeping. And I'm going, dude, that guy's coming back next year or like something. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just saw, like, you don't see that. And there's a lot of athletes that don't have that, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think what they do is a lot harder than fucking telling jokes, though. I mean, I don't have to fucking... No, but I think, but I, I don't think it matters when it comes to work ethic, though. You think it matters when it comes to work... big names around here, Paul. No, but I think it matters when it comes to work ethic. Do you know what I mean? Like, getting on the plane and doing the radio show in the morning when it's already sold out. That, that's something that... I, I will say that I don't understand... I never understood the New York comic, the guy that just stayed. Hey, I'm a New York comic. No, fuck? I mean the oh. guy that was j- just did the New York clubs waiting for that agent or the manager to come in to sign him, and then, which they would happen. Yeah. And then they, I'm just staying here till I get on TV, and then I'm going to do the fucking road. And it's like, I never understood that. I was always just like, no, you do the road now, you build up your following. And then the following gets you the TV show. Or 
you got half your following, and then the TV show puts you over the fucking top. Yeah. Because your half a following tunes into your show and gets you ratings. Or I just, or I just never understood that. Like there was all of these guys uh, when I came to the city that would fucking destroy in the city, mm-hmm. but could only do like thirty minutes. I would and go then, on the road. They and, get, and, yeah, they get on the road. And they would they had jokes about Alphabet City and riding the fucking E train and fucking. Yeah, and blah, nobody blah, could blah. relate to it. And they were just like, "What the fuck is I, this guy?" I what? had owners in the middle of the country going, "You New York guys, man." He one time he said he goes, "Oh, dude, you had time." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "You did your time the whole way." And I he's like, he's like, "You you know, New York guys, you guys got that set that 12 to 15 minutes." And like they were saying, "Like that's why we don't book too many New Yorkers." And that's when I realized you need to do them both. Like I feel like set- Well, there's an arrogance with you guys. What do you mean? You guys think every other city sucks? You think, yeah, you think, just, you know, Bill, I fucking, the fucking place shuts down at fucking two and, <laughs> I, I can fucking drink till five in the morning. Like, you guys. You can't get a slice it, down here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, you go to like San Antonio and you're pissed because you can't get a good slice. Rather than going out, they're like, Paul, they're into barbecue. This is what the fuck they do. <laughs> Although we did have a good time in San Antonio. But, um, yeah, I just think that there's, there's like a, that was one thing that I didn't understand. And I, and I thought, and I, as a young comic too, I knew I was like, Thinking, going, that doesn't make sense. They might be right, because I did see a few people do it, but I was just like, or you could fucking become a monster yeah. out here by doing hours. Back then, you only had to do 45 minutes. Now, you do have to do an hour to close, but doing 45 minutes. Then you come back to the city, and it's like, what? I got to do what? This, you know, this spot's 12 minutes, 15 minutes. I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. One thing I have to actually credit is my wife, because my wife was just like, I believe in you, and like, go ahead. And I'm, I told her, I was like, look, I'll try to contribute what I can. Right. And but let's just say I wasn't with Stacy and I didn't have kids and I was in the city. I would have probably gotten a car and had a one bedroom apartment or something and tried to do the road and all that. But I think that I could have ended up either being distracted. I mean, I probably still would have lost some it. years in New York. Every what? comic does. Yeah. Yeah, you Drink have those in and Yeah, you have those in, you have those years but like and my shit. my wife, dude, my wife fucking held it down. My wife held it down and supported me, dude. My wife is the best. So of Oh, hey. oh, the speak lovely of Mia. it. Oh, <laughs> speak of the speak of the wise. Hold on. Hey, what's up? The lovely Nia. Oh, I timed that. <laughs> Pop he it is, in. Hey. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm, I'm just on the I'm just giving my wife credit on the pod. Oh, the male listeners are so mad right now. No. They're they're Oh, they're tuning out. They're like, "Oh, what is this woman <laughs> praise right now? What is this woman praise?" Good to no, see you. No, you crushed it the yeah, other yeah. day. She crushed it on, on the podcast. She goes, uh, we were watching Real Sports with Brian Gumbel. We love that shit. Yeah. We love that show. We're fucking sitting there watching it. At one point, we're just watching, you know, you know after the guy does the, 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 the story, he comes in and he, he's talking to fucking Brian Gumbel. And she yeah. just looks at me. She goes, what is he writing down? <laughs> Always with a pencil and a legal Always. pad. Always. Yeah. Like, Put the mic so she's thinking here. I'm just like, what are you, what are you writing down? The story's yeah. done. It's over. It's wrapped up. You know, it's like on the fade out. Yeah, exactly. And he's sitting there. I feel like I feel like he does that because it's a power move. Like you're coming, you're answering to me. And it's just like, but I just have a few more questions that I'm going to talk to you after this. You've done research. Why didn't you interviewed people months? We've been working on this. The piece is over. Yeah, but he's still got he's still got some follow up. It's not yeah. enough for him. Oh, uh, dude, my, I, I love when Stacy hears this, and I'm going like, you know, my wife really like supported me coming up in comedy, and then you just hear Nia coming out, saying, "Of course she did." <laughs> <laughs> that is like that was like I, I swear to you, you would have thought there was a director going, "All right, Nia, come down now, come down right now." That, that, that is was, your cue. 
That was perfect. I just had to come down here and say hi and give you guys a little bit of shit. Uh, uh, that's great. It's all right. How's it going? How's it going? It's what are going good. About? What are you chatting about, fellas? Well, you know, unfortunately, it's it's the end here. And oh, it's the end. I know. It's an oh, hour. Too bad. <laughs> 14 minutes in we'll here. Go another hour with Nia. <laughs> I know. I know. I won't hold you. I just came to say hi oh, and say. How was yeah, your night? I'll you had a good night? Yeah, oh. I had a good night, but I'll chat with you when you guys wrap up. I'll sure. Oh, good to see you. <laughs> All right. That was hilarious. I got to show you uh, when we're done here. I got to show you. I went to uh, Big Five Sporting Goods and I got uh, a T-ball set for my daughter because she saw the song Take Me Out to the Ball Game and she loved the song and now she wants to go to a baseball game and she was imitating swinging a bat. Oh, yeah. And she was doing it lefty. So I'm like, oh, my God. She's going to make the big leagues. You know, second, anything left-handed, a dad just thinks, oh, my God, she's going to make the Olympics, right? I, I wish that I could be there because you're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast, dude. And I wish I can be there when you watch her compete in a, in a sporting event. Oh, you know, like when crazy. I watch Lucas, like my son is getting really good in basketball and like everybody's like he's got the shot in the school but like when my son shoots a three and you're just sitting there and like you hear other parents go hey this one that one can shoot and like he makes it or something you're just like there's a feeling i just want to see your face when he hits the game winner oh and the gym goes goes nuts i'm gonna be one of two things i'm either gonna be like standing up going that's right that's fuck that's a versey right there he's got my shot or i'm just gonna have my hands over my face like <laughs> Dude, you should have seen the cuts. I got to show you the video. The cuts she was taking. First of all, she holds the bat upside down. I'm going like, I'm like, sweetheart, you want to hold this? She goes, no, dad, I don't. I want to hold like this. And then I was like, all right, all right. And I don't want to be the overbearing person, but I'm like, all right. And she's just killing the ball. And I'm going to, I go, you know, the day you turn that bat around, you know, she already has like a yeah. level swing. Yeah. And, uh, we had like, and it was great too. Was she was like, I want to do it myself. So she was like setting the ball on the tee, doing the whole thing. I was like, oh my God, she's out here. She's doing this activity. I can enjoy it. And I can also lay down. This yeah. is awesome. Oh yeah. I had the, we, I had like the best dad day ever today. We went to a farmer's market. Other than that weirdo with the fucking SARS masks, that guy, we went to big five. We got the T-ball thing going. Took a stroll around the block. We just had the best day. Just had the best friggin' day. And then uh, we watched a little tube in the end. Had some chicken pot pie. I read her a couple of books. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's just a bet. And then at the end of the night, she's like, Dad, I want you to you come sleep in my bed. I was like, I can't. I can't fit in there. Oh, no. You got to so- come sleep in my bed. I can't. And I go, listen, tomorrow we're going to ride bikes. We're going to do this. We're going to do, do all that stuff, right? But I have to go to sleep now. But, and you, you can't cry. She goes, okay, no crying. It's so I go, great. no screaming, no screaming, no screaming to cry. And of course, second, usually when I close the door, the second she does, she starts going, da, da. This was the one that, that <laughs> I, I can ignore those, but the ones when she goes, da, da, where are you? Oh. I go like, oh, God. Yeah. I got to go, I'm right here, buddy. I'm right <laughs> And she just goes, rub my back. So I the best is when they sleep. cheer, right? When you don't work. Like like Sophia, oh, yeah. Daddy going to work tonight? No. Yes. Or like when I go, she'll go, why? Why do you got to go? And, and I go, well, you know, I got I to gotta go. Well, you, all right, but I'm not working tomorrow. Yes. She's told me the other night. She goes, Dad, I don't want you to work anymore. Oh. When you work, it make me so upset. Oh, God. And then she goes, I want, she, she ended it with going, I need you. And I, oh. I just look, when she said, I need you, I go, I was like, Nia coached her this. You just fired so then I said, and Then I said to Nia, I go, <laughs> I go, did you tell her to say that? She goes, no. I'm like, oh. where did she get this? She's like, I, I, I don't know. Oh, my God. 
When you go to work, I'm so upset. That's like, that would just make me want to... <laughs> yeah. So I try to explain to her. I was like, I have to go to work. She's like, why? It's like, well, so I can keep buying popsicles. <laughs> I try to get on her level. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's going to be no more popsicles. And she's like... No, Sophia wants a guinea pig, but she had a hamster that got her out. So now she wants a guinea pig. And she's just like, you pro... She looked at me and her bottom lip was quivering. You pro... Me, we would. I said, I said, we would go don't and get, look. I would say, I know everybody's saying that they're fucking filthy. Well, the thing is, Sophia comes in our bed every night, right? They shit all over the place, and yeah. And I go, You don't, if you sleep in your bed for two weeks straight, and she didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't, you know. She goes, But I don't, I'm uncomfortable sometimes in there, like you know, she did the whole thing. I'm like, Yeah, but that wasn't the agreement. So then now, so now we got all these. It's funny, you become like an agent where you're like negotiate, you know. I was gonna say, That was a good one because you, you, you gave her, you gave her the illusion of choice there. Yeah. Well, actually, no, she could have stayed in there, but you knew. That, that was a stack. In the NBA, hey, you got a job in the NBA, dude. You finessed that one. <laughs> I knew because she, needs, she, wants to, she doesn't like to stay in there. And yeah. here's what we do. We hear a little rustle with the doorknob, and then we hear, and then you hear little foot patter coming yeah. down the hallway. And then you just see her silhouette, and then, hi, can I just? And then she just gets in, and then, I'm just, and then she goes, hi, daddy. And I'm like, I, you want my, you know, take. You no, know. the other night, my daughter had a nightmare, so I went in there. I don't know what, you know, what a, her age, what you have a nightmare about, like your tricycle doesn't work or something. So I was like, all right. I, she just was so upset. I was like, all right, come on. I, so I took her down into the bedroom, my wife and I, and she just, it was like, remind me of the old day when I used to try to, when Cleo would get up in the bed, it was like a fucking pit bull was in the bed, moving around, hitting you and all this stuff. So finally, yeah. my wife's like, ah. so I'm like, all right. So I pick her up and I bring her in and she has like a big girl bed that she's not big enough to be in yet. So I go to set her in the crib, and she starts fucking crying. So I'm like, all right, fuck this. So I put her in the big girl bed. I go to the guest room. I get the quilt, and then we lay in the... I sleep next to her, but for two hours, dude, thrashing around, elbowing me, knee to the leg, and all of that stuff. And then at one point, she was just rubbing the top of my head, and I'm fucking, like, trying not to laugh. Like, what is she doing? Because she's half asleep. And then finally, she finally fell asleep. But what killed me was I ended up sleeping through my alarm. I had the early thing because she has like the sound of like rain, mm-hmm. you know, the background noise or whatever. And I, and I have my alarm on load so I don't, you know, wake up my wife if I have to get up early to do radio or some shit like that. So I don't know, but it's still fucking awesome. I don't know how we got on this subject, but uh, being a dad, you know, overrated, underrated uh, is still underrated. How fucking great it is. But the oh. hour and 20 minutes, effortless, well, always who, with the great who Paul Who asked that question? That's a huh? crazy under over. People don't have kids because they always say, oh, man, it seems a lot of work, a lot of work. It's like it is, but it's, it's fucking awesome. I'm going to say it this. And also, sound, you don't have time to do a bunch of other dumb shit. I, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to sound arrogant on your podcast or arrogant to the listeners, but it's like, if you're not going to get a kid because you really feel like you're not going to be a good parent, I get that. But to not have a kid just because of your fear, it's like you're losing out on a part of life, dude, that I think is fucking, it's unreal. You know? Well, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a weird, then you have, there's a, there's a weird trajectory to that life where it's just sort of, I, what I felt like all of those years before I was a parent that I was like, you know, I was like a 40-year-old fucking 18-year-old in a way. Yeah. Because it was just like, no, like a college student who's finally moved out from his parents' house. And I can drink whenever I want, man. I can do whatever I want here. And I'm just like, how long am I going to live like this Peter Pan fucking lifestyle? Yeah. And then, you know, when you have like a kid now, like I kind of love now that when I go down to a comedy club, I have this great excuse to not go down, to not hang out. I mean, I'm not like I don't like hanging out with comics, but I don't want to fucking get involved in the, let's do some shots. Like, I'm like, I can't. 
Yeah. I can't. She's coming in at 7.30 in the morning with a fucking Coming in bat. hot. Yeah. Yeah, she's coming, coming in, in hot. hot. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's coming in hot. You're you're tired. I want breakfast. I want to go fucking play t-ball and shit like that. No, it's dude, just they're like, like yeah. tireless puppies that just want to keep playing fetch. You know, they just, you know, my kids fight sleep and stuff. Dude, so. I got crazy energy, and I am fine until what gets me is the bath. After dinner... Okay, then there's the bath, and after the bath, yeah. somewhere during the bath, it's just because I'm you German cause in, Irish in my head. In my head, before the bath, I'm going out. I'm doing a spot tonight. Blah 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 blah. By the time she gets out of the bath, and she still has this crazy energy, and I'm trying to get her pajamas on and do all of that shit in yeah. that, and then I read her the stories. Yeah, all these stories. By the way, that uh, Robert McCloskey guy. No, who's that? Make way for ducklings. Fucking uh, one one morning, one day in Maine. Well, is it the books? The- yeah. Oh my god, dude. And he had one, I had uh, uh, blueberries for sale. Yeah, but dude, those guys are just those guys are stealing money, dude. Who are those kid books? No, no, dude. These 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 are like classics. Oh no, but my kid my kids have like an eight pager where it's like the geese ate the food. Then oh, Mikey was sad that the yeah. geese ate the food or the geese had no oh, those more ones food. Are a joke. So he went to the grocery store and got more food for the geese. Then the geese were happy. Mikey and the geese had a great day. And you're just like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, how much money did that guy get? It's like in every school, like Mikey and the geese. What's crazy? My, wife, my wife got a library card. You just go down and you rent them out. It's like, hey, why do we keep doing this? Because it's <laughs> what are they going to be fucking reading that when they're 10? Yeah. Mikey and the geese. <laughs> But there's some good ones. Yo, right, do you dude, Irish German guys plow through shit like you like you guys take a hangover? Like you guys will just wake up with a hangover. That's why like you guys are good like dads. Like, dude, I, I got that Mediterranean. I'm like, dude, Stacy, you got to take this till yeah. Two. Mediterranean guys, you guys are too in touch with your emotions. That's why you guys are better cooks. Northern Europeans can yeah we can. There's a lot of shit we can block out, but we also suck at cooking. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Come and see me. Levity Live, man. Uh, March 5th through the 8th. March 5th through the 8th. The Wilbur Theater, June 27th. One show. I want to sell it out. Hilarious. You said June 27th, then you said June 17th, and now June 27th. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Saturday, June 27th, 8 o'clock, Wilbur Theater. Get tickets for that. But this weekend, March 5th through the 8th, I'll be at Levity Live, but also Salt Lake City, Cincinnati, and... um, and Baltimore, all on paulverzi.com. Please get those tickets. And This is the best hour that I'm doing, best stuff I've ever done. So come out. The new right. hour, the new special's coming out soon. Quick so. Verzi story. You remember that time we were in that fucking theater? I'm not going to say where. It was a super old theater. And one of the guys used to be on the road with a very famous early rock and roller. I'm not going to say his name either. And you said to him, he go, this guy was a super old guy. And he goes, man, you must have had a lot of fun. And he goes, man, we fucked them all. <laughs> Remember that guy? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I think I know where we yeah, were. You remember, wow. Yeah. yeah. He's like, man, oh, man, we fucked them all. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those things like, all right, no more stories after that one. I don't know what, what the fuck am I going to talk about. Yeah, like I did. Yeah, he just said, yeah, that was that guy was wild. All right. All right, dude, I got to jump off here. I got to go to fucking. Thanks for having me, man. All right, brother. Always great to see you. All right, Paul Verzi, everybody. Check him out. Levity Live, the Wilbur Theater. Salt Lake City and fucking Cincinnati. I'll check in on you on uh, Thursday.